Welcome to the Vulnerability Challenge. I've set myself the challenge to be more vulnerable in 2020. So every month this year, I'll be taking on a vulnerability challenge set by someone new each time that is wildly out of my comfort zone. I hate to do things alone, so I'm dragging you along for the ride and sharing how they felt and what I learned. I'll also be interviewing someone every episode, exploring what makes them vulnerable too. I believe that sharing intimate stories that we might find embarrassing or painful are in fact the biggest source of connection between us and ultimately give power to ourselves and to others. I invite you to take the challenge too and join me on this journey. Let's get vulnerable. Born and raised in Pula, a coastal town in Croatia, with stints in Zagreb and Barcelona, Aida Šehić is a woman of the sea. She's been a professional water polo player for Croatia, a sailor and swim instructor and coach. She also works as a sports and recreation manager on the island of Brioni. She has a master's in sports management and kinesiology. After her father passed away, she decided to embark on an endurance race between two lighthouses in Pula. That's a nautical distance of 10 miles, otherwise known as 20 kilometers. The whole healing process was captured on film and turned into a moving documentary that I have included a link to in the episode information and strongly encourage you to watch. Since then, she started working with a boy who has Prader-Willi syndrome, a rare genetic condition that causes a wide range of physical symptoms, learning difficulties and behavioural problems. But he finds pure joy in the water with her. He has inspired her to do another race, and therefore another documentary, this time outside of her personal experience, and shining a light on children with disabilities. And he has inspired her to go further. She intends to swim double her previous distance. That's 40 kilometers. She plans for this documentary to be a trilogy, and I can't wait to see how it all turns out, what she learns and what she shares with the world along the way. I met Aida through one of my best friends and Aida's old water polo teammate, Mia. I spent a few nights with her in her hometown of Pula and ended up telling her about my challenges, and she wanted to set me one. But this one felt very different to anything else I had done because it involved the sea. The challenge was to lie, floating, on the open sea for a full ten minutes and let the water carry me. Everything seemed to align perfectly, because a few weeks later I was in Montenegro. It was a full moon in Pisces, the water sign, and all astrological sources were telling me that this moon brings with it cleansing energy, that Pisces is the most spiritual sign in the zodiac. It was the perfect time for introspection, for observation and connection with the universe. If ever there was a time to meditate, they said, it's today. And so I woke up feeling destined for my challenge, but my stomach had other plans, and I ended up spending two days in bed with food poisoning. Alas, we can't quite have everything totally perfect in our lives, but the sea was still there when I emerged from bed, and so I headed to meet it. When you lay back in the water, an interesting thing happens. You hear the sound of the sea, the popping and the murmur of the sand under the waves, but you also hear the sound of your own breath, louder and clearer than usual. Both take equal space, you and the world. You realise that you are very much part of it and that it is all around you. The movement of the waves was soft, and I felt like I was spinning. The sun was warm on my face and I could feel the breeze as it moved over the surface of the water and therefore over me. But this is what my brain does quite well. Observation of my sensory experience. I can explain things I'm hearing or seeing. But to really feel vulnerable, I wanted to go deeper than this. And so I stayed in the water, beyond what felt comfortable. And I noticed that I didn't feel afraid of the water at all. Instead, I felt supported, carried. I felt calmer than I ever felt on land. On land, I felt it was hard to really let someone else carry me, support me, care for me. But this felt nice. It felt like the sea wanted to hold me, 
like it didn't mind. I didn't feel like such a burden. I stayed longer still, and the outside world got very quiet, and all I could hear was the sea and my breath. I started to think about the people I've lost, the spirit world, and suddenly I felt like it was all on the same plane, like there was no separation between us, or that somehow I had tuned into the frequency of another plane, a different dimension or level of the universe. I felt carried again, but this time by everyone I had ever loved and lost. Before our call, Aida spoke to me about a book by a neuroscientist, Wallace J. Nichols, called Blue Mind, where he tests his theory that being in water like this makes people happier, healthier, and more closely connected to ourselves and therefore to others. I mentioned that I too had read books about the anxiety-reducing effects of swimming in open bodies of water like lakes. There was something very important in this experience, That much I knew, and I wanted to explore that deeper. But I also wanted to learn more about Aida's relationship to water, grief, and love. This was the first challenge that has included a natural element. Why water? Well, water, like an element, and um, I would say all kinds of water, like sea, oceans, lakes, rivers, it's like a safe house for me. And I think that is our biological environment because we are all like babies inside our mothers in in the water and then after we are at the beginning we are connected with the water and our body is 70% water so we are everywhere around us and we are surrounded by the water so I think the water is important uh, element that's why I wanted to talk about the water and everything that is connected with that it's interesting that you say that we were born in, in water because there's this fascinating book that me and my friend got really into about perineal trauma, which says that we are in fact all mer people and we were created in water as amphibians in amphibious aquatic environments and actually that birth is the original trauma because we had to come out into the world and be forced onto land. What do you think about that? Well, I'm definitely, I'm saying that, defi- that, that that's definitely true. I, was, I, I didn't read anything about that, but if, if I just think and I saw babies uh, that were swimming like with uh, just few months and how they, in, in the water, how they like in the natural environment and on the land, they, they on the first uh, few months, they don't walk, they trying to to get on their feet but in the water they're like just normal and they know how to breathe in the water on the first uh, nine months they uh, don't choke and and I was thinking why when we when we go out the first thing what we do is a scream you know the babies are crying why is that probably because we are out of our natural environment that is water it's true. I think there's 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 different amounts of truth to this theory and different things that you can take away from it. And I'm wondering when outside of pre-birth, do you remember your first experience, really memorable experience with water? My first connection with the water with the, with the sea when I was 5 years old or something, uh, my aunt taught me how to swim and my aunt wasn't wasn't a swimmer but uh, she taught me how to swim and she played with me so my experience was a quite nice so probably that's why I'm still swimming I don't know but I remember like a nice experience and we we were the whole family there and um, and that was how I learned to swim but then from very young on and you tell me what age you were you started getting into competitive sport in the swimming pool so water polo 
and I'm wondering, did you start seeing water and the swimming pool or the sea as a space for competition? Like, not like that. First of all, I, I was playing basketball when I was young. And, and then at the age of 12, I broke my knee and I needed to start with the water therapy, you know, to do lots of exercises in the water because all the injury are more curable in the water in that medium than uh, on the land because the trauma is uh, less probable that will happen again and it's much more comfortable to do all those exercises. And then I started to play water polo after my therapy in the water. And uh, the water never was a space for, com for competition like me in, in my head. It was a medium where I build my self-confidence in that, in that sport. So I was never think, thought about like, oh, the water is place where I will just compete just to play sports. It was more like, like a house, you know, when, when you're going home. And that's every time when I, when I go into the water, the place where I'm feeling feeling uh, comfortable with myself inside, uh, strong, uh, capable to do lots of things. Well, how do you feel then when you're on land? <laughs> do you feel incapable of doing lots of things? Do you lack self-confidence? In something, yes. On the land, I'm, I'm feeling much more stress, stressful than in the water. The water is always like a therapy for me. I go into the water because on the land or something uh, makes me nervous or or I just need to rush from one side to the other or to do lots of things that I don't want to. And then my safe house is the water. And then when I go or into the pool to do my practice or uh, to swim in the sea, it's where I relax. But it's interesting because you're obviously aware of the fact that that's not perhaps the status quo. Like most people perhaps feel a bit afraid or a bit uncomfortable spending a long time in open seawater, especially at night, for example. So and you must know that because you set me the challenge of remaining in a body of open water. And so I was wondering why you set me that challenge and what you were hoping it might make me think about? Well, I was hoping that you will come in that, in the, um, that you will recognize and that you will come in the state of like meditative mind. I don't know if, if someone ever tried, then uh, it's hard to imagine that. But uh, when you are in the open water, you are very vulnerable on every thing that is around you, the water or uh, the marine wildlife or the boats or other people or lots of other things. And, and, it, and it's not the land that where we are all feeling secure. Uh, and you, when you're just lying on the water and you just relax, you will see how comfortable you are and all the fear goes away because your mind relaxes uh, much more than when you are lying um, on some surface on the land. I don't know if you experienced that when you were on the water. I think I did. My experience was very much, I was trying to explain to you before that I'm, um, I'm not someone that can sit still for a long time and I'm a control freak and I like to be always moving forward, moving forward. So it was very interesting experience for me to push beyond like two or three minutes even. And interesting things happen the longer you stay. I don't know if you've noticed that, but <clears throat> I felt like at first I could hear the sound. I was very conscious of the sound of the sea, the sort of popping and the murmur of sand moving underneath the waves. But then you also hear your own breathing much louder and clearer than usual sort of exaggerated and the longer I thought about it the more I felt like those two things held equal space it was like you and the world around you in a very equilibrium feeling 
and you realize that you're very much a part of everything that's around you and the movement was soft and I sort of after a while felt like I was spinning I think I probably was moving in circles and the sun was really warm on my face and then for the first few minutes I'm having this very literal experience that I could describe where I'm like okay I feel this is what I see this is what I smell this is what I feel and then after a while I felt like the outside world got very quiet and I started to think about the people that I've lost and I entered kind of like a spirit world and that being in or lying on the water made it feel like I was on the same plane there was no separation between my world and the spirit world and that there are so many levels to the universe that if you just listen and take the time to pay attention you can actually tune in and I felt like I was tuning into a slightly different plane of energy yes yes that's the experience that that uh, that also I have uh every time when i do uh, longer swim uh, longer uh, swim practices in the in the sea uh, exactly like that you are just hearing your breathing uh, your heartbeat and then you are in that middle of of i don't know those both worlds and your mind starts to uh, eliminate all those problems that or you have during the day or anything and you just start to or the emotions uh, that are covered deep inside of you or going or they're going out and you start to uh, I will say consuming them and uh, try to find how to uh, equalize them and and also you connect with all that energy that is around around you because water has lots of energy. Well, it's like uh, it's like a sponge of energy, uh, and the, the whole water is like moving, like like waves and everything. And that's the energy. And you can feel it on your body when you are lying uh, on the water, especially for longer time when your body relaxes completely. Yeah. Another interesting thing that came up for me as someone that's quite independent and quite masculine, it was interesting to feel supported, to feel carried, because it's very hard for me to let somebody else carry me in the sense of support me and care for me. And so it felt very nice. And it felt like the sea wanted to do that. I didn't have what I have with humans where I feel like I'm a burden. And I don't want anyone to have to deal with my problems or support me through something. I felt like the sea didn't mind and was like happy to do so yeah uh, the sea can take all our problems when we are in it and that balance that you feel uh, it's like if you are in a safe place like where you are a baby inside of your mom's belly that's the the support that you were feeling it's like a sponge that i was telling you it it takes all your energy it doesn't uh, want anything from you just that you relax and respect that environment that you are in lots of people are taking for granted the sea and all those conditions and uh, especially the eco ecosystem Uh, think about how much the sea is uh, bringing you how much good is bringing you if you are consuming it on the right way but uh, usually people forget to respect the sea because lots of people go into the water even if the conditions are not good and then you can you can feel all the energy that that is pushing you away because that's not the time to go in It makes me, when you say that the sea can carry your problems, it makes me think of a very maternal energy, which then makes me think of femininity. But do you ever think of anything distinctly feminine or masculine about the sea? Or do you see it in a different way? 
I think the sea has both things, the masculine strength and the feminine gentle part. I think it has both of that because sometimes you can feel how strong is the sea and the sea can, uh, can break. But then also can be so gentle like you experience. So I think everything is mixed. So you made a documentary, which I watched and I loved, by the way, about an endurance swim that you did in Croatia in your hometown of Pula. And I was wondering if you could tell me a bit more about what the challenge itself entailed and what it is that you set yourself to do. Today, I was just thinking about that and Facebook reminded me that uh, exactly today, on the 11th September, 2016 we made that challenge so today is an anniversary of that year before my dad died uh, and all my I had mixed emotions and I was pretty depressed and I knew that I need to do some physical activity and that the, my medium is the water and the sea so I made myself a, self a challenge to do something that I never did before to swim 10 nautical miles between two lighthouses uh, here in my uh, area in Pula. But also I didn't want to just do some sport challenge to just to challenge me. I also wanted to transmit the message about the sea, about how much it can uh, help us in those kind of situations. And I wanted to show people that they also can do some kind of challenges and that they uh, in, uh, going in, going to swim or just make some activity in the sea that can really help them. And also how do how the lighthouses, how the light of the lighthouses is a symbol of palliative care. Uh, and I swam between uh, those two lighthouses here. I also wanted to transmit a message about the palliative care. Uh, because my father in the last few months needed lots of care because those few months were pretty bad. And hopefully all the family was uh, beside him, but we saw lots of people dying in the hospital without no one uh, and in pretty bad condition. And that is like part of, of life, of circle of life. And if we are not helping a dying man, which is pretty important today, then we are not doing humanity to, to other people. That's why I wanted to mix all those themes together, challenge myself uh, to transmit the message about the benefits of the sea and also about the palliative care. Yeah, it's interesting what you say about palliative care because we put a lot of emphasis into newborns and how much we care about bringing life into the world. And we don't put the same care or emphasis around helping people exit this world, which seems illogical because they should hold equal importance. Yeah, definitely. When I, when I was talking uh, with doctors here who are committed to palliative care and they said like medicine went a little bit in the wrong way they're focused more on how to make life longer and that's okay also but don't forget on the last stage of someone's life every man can die with dignity dying alone it's really bad and and i saw unfortunately I saw when we were with my father in the hospital we saw lots of people that's not not one case or two cases we saw lots of people without care of their families with inappropriate care of, of uh, other people who could help so I think the people are, are afraid of death and that's why they're running away from their relatives from other people and also from that team of palliative care. I like that you spoke about that essentially 
the healing power of the sea and that this was part of a catharsis for you for the passing of your father doing this challenge do you think that it helped on that front as a as a personal healer for you well definitely it's not just the finishing of the challenge it was the whole year when i was preparing myself for the challenge that was a nice road that i was taking and I'm, I was feeling every day better and better and better. The challenge just was like finished like a cherry on the top. And then I realized, okay, really consuming the sea every day is something really important to me. It was nice just to know that you need that kind of element to be in a balance with everything around you. And from what I understand, you want to make this project a trilogy of films where you take longer or more complicated endurance swims and you're going to start stepping out of the personal experience and more into other experiences. If the first one was quite a personal journey about you and your grief, the the second one that you mentioned to me is a very different topic that's also important to you. Can you talk about that? Yes. Uh, now we uh, now I, I'm preparing the second challenge. Um, I knew from the beginning that I wanted to that I don't want to stop on the first one uh, because when you are swimming so much, twenty kilometers or ten nautical mi- miles are not so so much in that world of swimming. Uh, so I wanted to also to challenge myself again. Uh, to see how much I, I can swim more. But also, I have experience uh, to be a coach of one kid with a disability. Uh, he had a Prader-Willi syndrome. And every day I'm watching and I'm witnessing how much the water and swimming is helping him in his daily life. That's why I wanted to mix the second challenge uh, to double the kilometers that I will swim. So it will be 50 kilometers in total. But also I wanted to talk about the kids and people with disability, with lots of uh, problems that they have and lots of challenges that they have uh, in their daily life and how we, are, how we see them, but we are not seeing them. And that is the main topic of the second challenge. Mm, that's such a important topic and it's a beautiful medium through which to share it with it is incredible how much kids um, love being in water and how they can find a new medium of expression and joy when they are in water and I just have a, a question for myself which is I know that you didn't do this because you have other aims and functions but I think people can sometimes get obsessed with endurance sport as a way to cope with grief. I see people break their bodies doing Ironman after Ironman, and I start to wonder if it's really helping them or harming them, or if it's just a way for them to keep their mind off the grief or the actual problem at hand. Do you ever see other people do this in the athlete community? And how do you do a challenge without it becoming... A problem in and of itself yes well I don't have problem with that uh, but yes I see lots of people because now it's like uh, trendy to go to do Ironmans to do triathlons to do lots of those enduring sports and it is uh, that what you said or oh, the people are trying to heal their own grief or uh, their own self-confidence with that and it, that's like a drug in the endurance sports you like uh, every time you need more and more and more because the all hormones that are giving you mm, the feeling of happiness every time you need more of that but it's other problem that are seeing in that uh, people are doing those kind of uh, endurance sports because they they don't they don't want to deal with their emotions or 
anything that it, that it's uh, that is hurting them. They they don't want to deal with that. They're just going away from the problem, doing doing those kind of long long distance uh, sports because in that time they wanted to shut down their brain uh, to not think about that. They wanted to. Um, shut down their body because when the body is tired the brain is shut down and then you are in 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 the in in the off mode and then you forget about all the problems all the emotions that are uh, now uh, hurting you and all other problems i think that's not a good way to use endurance sport uh, marathons triathlons ironmans or even uh, marathon swimming um, I think that's the bad way to do it. If you use that, but use it in a good way, so that you heal your emotion, in that 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 you put your mind in the meditative state of mind, in in the, in the state of meditation, and then you heal everything that it's not good for you. Yeah, I think that's a much better way of thinking about it. When I told my friends I was going to do your challenge, they said that they found the idea of lying in an open body of water terrifying. Um, clearly, you don't find that scary. So I was wondering, what are you afraid of? I'm afraid of uh, fire. Every time when I'm not feeling comfortable or when I'm nervous or when I'm feeling anxious, then I feel that I'm, that I'm burning. And and then I, when I and I would start to see if I will smell fire or if I see some fire or something near me, if someone puts a light a lighter on, then I was like, woof! I freaked out. That that's the thing that I'm. I I think that I'm afraid of dying, burning. Probably unconsciously, that's why I need so much water to cool down that water, that fire. Mm. <laughs> Is there a time that you can recall that you felt the most vulnerable? Well, I will say, and, that, and probably that will feel strange now when we are talking about the water. I feel every time when I, when I go into the sea, I feel vulnerable, vulnerable. But still, at the same time, I feel safe. Because... When you respect the sea and you know what can do, good or bad, then I'm feeling vulnerable. But then at the, at the same time, I'm feeling safe. It's interesting that dichotomy that you can feel in a space that actually the, the safety is felt so much stronger because you are aware that you are essentially a naked body floating in or swimming in this water that is so much stronger than you that could kill you if it wanted to create a storm so you are going into it very vulnerably and there is a safety in knowing that it will look after you in your most vulnerable state you explain now better than me uh, but yes that's that feeling you're going so naked and you yourself in the water but if you will respect it the sea will also and the water will respect you and that's the interchange of the energy sometimes it happened to me but i, I was not conscious at that time i will go for a swim and i will i will i felt nervous i had a bad day and every time something happens to me that it's not good or it's uh or or the sea starts or some wind came and uh, and waves are coming and I'm not feeling good. But when I come and, and enter in the, in the water uh, with positive energy, then everything is just fine. So interesting. And outside of the water as an element, what person do you think knows you best? Hmm. Probably uh, few people that I have um, closest friends of mine, 
and those those people are uh, always involved with my swimming actions for example uh, my coach she's also a, a woman and a strong woman and she really knows everything that is in my head when i go into the water when i'm preparing my practices when uh, when i wanted to do some new challenge then she knew exactly what is in my head in that moment or what i wanted to resolve with that yeah there's something very particular about the closeness of a athlete and a coach that's quite specific to make some good result or to do some kind of challenge like this you need some person with you um, that you that that will really that knows you the best and that then will know what to say or do an exactly time when you when you need that like a puzzle and you need to find that kind of coach or an athlete in in a coach relationship that it's like a puzzle and when you find that then definitely you will go in the good direction to make a good result outside of the aquatic world what is the most mind-opening experience that you've had well i had an experience that i i thought that i will never do that but i did <laughs> and it was a session where when you go in your previous lives mm, a past life regression yes and i saw that i was a whale wow yeah and that i was a whale and i and i was killed by um, of some whale hunters and i started to cry even if i didn't felt my body even if i wasn't dead in that time and i was start crying and when i came back from that i was my i was all covered with tears and it was really hard for me in that session when i saw that and then i felt that i'm in the water and i was jumping around and i was feeling happy and that moment when they killed me like a whale what do you think it means if is if it is my past life then i'm living now <laughs> half of it like a whale um probably that's and maybe that uh, today that's my connection with the with the water and with my past life what that means means that i need to take care of myself now because they say that if you were killed in a past life regression you spend this life trying to do the opposite or trying to fight against people that might bring like you you're doing something in this light to reconcile or compensate for what happened in the previous life definitely well the second challenge also now what i wanted to mix inside of that are also the the mammals the ocean mammals the sea mammals like dolphins whales and everything and to talk about them also because the empathy uh, that they have and the uh, empathy that have the people with disability it's almost the same and you can feel that only and you can receive that only from them so uh, yes probably that that is my uh, my job now let's say like that in this life to to help those kind of people now and that my past life doesn't repeat here we come from a culture where people don't necessarily believe in things like this spiritual or this esoteric do you think that people where you're from understand your experience in that past life regression or do you think that they don't Well, to be honest, I told this experience of mine to just few people. So this is like exclusive story for you, uh, because I know that uh, people he here 
in in Croatia and uh, in my, my surrounding doesn't accept those kind of stories, doesn't accept those kind of experiences. I think that they don't. They it's not that they don't believe. It's more uh, they are they, they are afraid of something different, and that's why lots of people are not accepting people with disability because they are let's say like that different. Um, they don't accept, uh, for example, women who are successful and have uh, their own words because they are different. Um, everything what is different from their state of mind, they are afraid of. And that's why they, are, they, they don't accept that. Until they, don't, they, they have the same experience, then that's the trigger to, change, to changing their mind. I, I agree. And my next question is, carrying on from all of this, what would you like to be remembered for? I would like to reconnect the kids with the sea. I will be happy if that will be my legacy because uh, today with all the, this technology, I think is going away from the sea. Uh, I would like that the kids learn how to respect the sea, how to consume the sea, how to know all those art crafts that our grandfathers knew and do and did, and how they catch the fish, how they went to dive, how they consume in a much more healthier way the sea, and not just taking from from the sea everything, it's giving it back. So I I will be happy if uh, if, if I will almost my challenges and uh, and some future projects I left that message. Mm, that's beautiful. Um, I've spent a lot of time with you, and well, not a lot. I've spent time with you, and I think you're pretty faultless. And this conversation is only confirmation to me of the fact that. I can't, I have nothing to critique about you, but I was wondering what the best constructive criticism some or feedback someone has given you about yourself and how you put that into practice. Well, my friends, what they usually said to me is that I'm unpatient, so I don't have patience to wait for some things. When I have something in my I just go, boom. And sometimes you need to wait for the right moment to do something, to say something. And, and I'm learning every day and I'm, every time when I rush into something with not giving the time to do his own job, uh, then I listen to the people, my people who are saying to me, oh, don't be impatient for something because in life everything comes in time when it's right time and not when you like to do. Uh, well, it's the same thing that I'm living now because the, the first challenge was in 2016 and I was rushing into second one and I wanted to do the next year, like not to cool down. Then I failed. Then I wanted to, to, to do it on 2018. Again, I failed. And then I waited. I learned that I need to be patient uh, I need to find the right time to do it. Uh, and now I'm feeling it that after four years, so it will be five when the challenge will be done. Yes, there is, there is a divine timing that we have to follow sometimes. And I find patience really difficult too. I'm going to ask you a round of quick fire, uncomfortable questions. These are all questions that I've been asked in the past and I have found very hard to answer and I wanted to see how you would do. Are you ready? Okay. Okay. Give me three reasons why you are lovable. I'm uh, sympathetic. Um, I talk much and I smile. This is good. <laughs> um, they say that what you resist persists. 
what do you think that you resist the most? I resist um, on be patient. I resist uh, on the authority. And I resist on uh, spending time for nothing. Do you think you resist any level of sort of intimacy? If you have this quite deep relationship with the sea. Mm, it's not that I have, uh, that I resist the intimate intimacy. It's, it's more like I don't allow too much to come into my life. It's subconscious is like, uh, I don't want to lose my focus on something. If I go, uh, in that, level of intimacy with someone or with some other thing do you think it might distract you from the sea it, yes sometimes it is a point of distraction um, and I had that problem during my water polo years uh, when I was much more focused on on playing on achieving something in the pool than on my intimate life and making some relationship work. So yeah, combine intimacy and relationships with my sea challenges and practices wasn't a good, uh, good combination. Who in your life that you know would you like to connect to more? With my mother. Because I had... A great relationship with my father and probably I expect from her now to be more like him and that's wrong because every person is like it is and I need to accept it accept it like that uh, but I would like to her to have a much deeper connection with her a better relationship because she's my mother the only one that I have which emotion do you feel is the most untapped in you that you would like to open up to more? Hmm. Love. I don't want to feel vulnerable, vulnerable uh, and don't want to give someone my love because some experiences in my life wasn't good ones. And, um, and I don't want that that happens again that's why I close my my love inside me and I don't want to give it so easily my final question is is there anyone you'd like to apologize to and if so what for well I have few people that I would like to apologize um, but usually I do that after some time if something really um, that I, if I feel that I really need to apologize and that I'm thinking that too much uh, about that, then I do that. Uh, but I would like to apologize to my father because uh, sometimes we had bad moments, um, bad fights, and now I see that all that it's not important. And when they are gone, then it's too late. That's true. It's very true. I'm happy that you did your challenge. I really do. Because I think now you will do it even more. Probably when you will feel unbalanced. Uh, I think you will try to find a quiet place, some pool, some kind of water. And that you will find try to reconnect with yourself and try to deal with that what is a problem in that moment for you. So I'm really happy that you did that and that you break your boundary and, and uh, of few minutes in the sea and you made it much more minutes inside of it and that, that you saw the sea some different eyes. So I'm really proud of you. Thank you. <laughs>
Talia, you are a great example of how the people need to verbalize their experience in the water. I think it's probably because they are not open-minded. They don't know how to read their emotions, their physical condition, their state of mind. And that's why they don't know how to put all that experience in words. And that's the problem because when you are not saying it out loud, you don't hear yourself. And when you're hearing yourself, how was your experience? Then you are in the middle of having a problem done. So you're a baby great example for that. Thank you for setting me that challenge. The next time when you come to Pula, then we will do it together. Yes, perfect. Okay. Well, thank you for speaking to me and for everything that you do in, in the world and beyond. And I greatly look forward to watching, part, watching parts two and three of this documentary. Thank you for my heart. Bye. I hope you enjoyed this month's vulnerability challenge. This podcast is an open invitation to join me on this journey by doing the challenges too, modifying them or submitting new ones directly to me on Instagram. You can find me on at Tamborich, that's at T-A-M-B-U-R-I-C, where we can support each other and swap experiences because we can all be each other's accountability buddies. Let's get vulnerable.